You're listening to the Sill Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 4, Cracking Codes. What on earth do you mean? We're going to be talking about cracking codes, Harry. Okay. We're going to be talking about cracking your code. (laughs) (laughs) But what what if you can't put it back together again? I'm in deep trouble. Anyway, carry on. Code in computer ease, it's a binary. It's zeros and ones, and the zeros and ones represent a language on a computer. So a series of numbers which represent a language. One of the things I was thinking about is that we're kind of binary beings. There's the yes, the no. There's the day, the night. There's the bicameral map of the mind, which is being discredited these days, but still that's there. We're uh, very polarized often, Mm. and you have to choose. Do you believe? Do you not believe? Do you vote? Yes Yes or no. Yes or no. We're sort of binary in the way our thinking goes, and I'm wondering whether that was already at the beginning of this coding in the world of technology. We understand that binary code is used in computers. Everything is represented by zeros and ones. So we know there are only two things that are distinguishing. Yeah. Other dualities you were mentioning there about... Oh, Republican and and Democrat, conservative and liberal, believer or non-believer. These dichotomies are everywhere in society now. So when we talk about coding, art and technology are primary elements in our daily life. Each has its own code. We've determined that with technology, it's binary, zeros and ones, with which we develop software, which we develop computers. Yep. And so they've become that part of our life. Art has what I call the softer side, the more personalized side, where it's not necessarily black and white and gives us the richness that we experience in our everyday life. Like right now, sitting here having this conversation requires no technology whatsoever. It's just two people share an idea or a viewpoint. Right. We can then use technology to create this podcast. So we use the technology to get this out to people. Mm -hmm. But the basis of what we did was in our conversation and the exchange of ideas and in the artistic part of our brain. Yes, absolutely. I mean, for this conversation to actually be meaningful, we have to access the intuitive side of our brains. It's not just a matter of taking and dissecting what a particular code means, whether it's a binary code or a code that's hidden in in a religious cult or what have you. We have to engage the intuitive side of our brains to go beyond code because we, as human beings, are beyond code. Even though there are codes all around us, many of which have been created artificially, and some which are more natural, like our DNA codes, we have to still go beyond all of those codes to actually get to who we are in the world. And if we get lost in all of the codes, we're never really fully awake. I would contend that this whole way of thinking is relatively new in the evolution of our consciousness. I think a Neanderthal would have taken life as it is given. And the whole point is is survival in that landscape. And there's no need for code in a way. There's nothing hidden. It's all given. You either die 
or you hunt to live. Primal basics have no gray areas, no right or wrongs. You right. do what is necessary to survive. And so you build a language accordingly. Accordingly. And then as we evolve and become more sophisticated and our societies become more sophisticated, it isn't anymore just about survival in a landscape. Right. It's about other kinds of choices. And suddenly things are not clear anymore. They're not so simple. And so we develop codes to... Reduce the ambiguity? Reduce the ambiguity to point at meaning so that people can agree upon the meaning of something. Like language. The language we share is a code that we all buy into, understand, and use. Mm -hmm. Now, the minute that code is broken apart, as in schizophrenia, as in voodoo and the talking in tongues and that sort of thing, suddenly the world explodes because we don't know what to make of it. The code is no more present. Right. So we've come to rely on code to understand each other, to understand the world. How can we use this discussion to maybe help people sort out some of the anxiety that they're experiencing that they may not even be connecting to language problems or understanding what's around them or deciphering these things you talked about where you now bring in new lexicons to confuse people? Right. So that nothing is black and white anymore. Uh, is it the actual language itself or is the ability of those that control the language or the media who are able to recode the code? Yeah. Basically, the helpful thing is to encourage people to look for what is lying underneath the surface. Now, I don't mean that people should be untrusting of everything around them, although we often are these days. To an excess. But that lack of trust should be backed up by questions that will get at what's actually going on so then we can trust what we see in the end. We've fallen asleep to the subtleties of communication. Nuance. So the nuances. So rather than just hearing the words we're looking at, we should look at the gestures, we should look at the posture, we should get a feeling, right? Use our intuitive faculties more. Yes. So certain codes, like the codes of art, are better accessed through the intuitive faculties we have. Science is asking the rational faculties to look at the code and follow it, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to know when to go rational, when to go intuitive. Go beneath code. Or don't lose the code that we have built in. Mm -hmm. Much of who we are is encoded in our DNA. But where is this thought I'm thinking now in my DNA. Where is the concept of love in my DNA? There are limits to all coding. Now, on the other hand, the DNA is evolving. It's an organic thing. The coding in science doesn't really evolve, per se. The coding in old languages doesn't really evolve. It changes, the language can change somewhat, but the basic coding remains the same. So there is this distinction between codes that are ancient and encrusted and don't really evolve and ones that are more fluid, like in the arts, for example, mm -hmm. you know, in our own DNA, that evolves and changes over time. And to me, that's where life is. You're talking about increased adaptability to the present. Yes, beautiful. Adaptability to the present means being fluid 
and not caught up in the code that is given. So in that sense, though, it sounds to me almost like you're pro-technology or pro-modernism. No, actually it's the opposite, because the binary system, how has it evolved? It's not evolved to a tertiary system or eternity right. system. It's, it's, constant, it's always binary, it's always yes or no. And the world is a very yes or no place, and we're in trouble in the world now because of this yes or no coding. This polarization. Polarization of parties. There's no more discussion between the groups. It's either you're one way or another. Right. What? So even though technology helps us in many ways to move forward in our evolution, societally, even in the arts, etc., at its core, the coding of technology seems intransigent, like it's not about to evolve into something else anytime soon. Maybe the, the factor X in technology is artificial intelligence that is being worked on as we speak, that that coding will shift if artificial intelligence becomes more a reality. Pick a time in history that you would prefer to live in, considering all these dynamics, considering yeah. all the pros and cons that you would experience, not necessarily everyone else, but from your own position. In terms of the freedom of coding, the freedom of movement, I would go to either you know, certain periods of the Renaissance or I would go to 1920s, 30s Europe, between the wars perhaps, when people were free to explore, to break boundaries, to throw away codes of conduct, social or otherwise, and to experiment right, sexually in the arts with language. You think we've lost a lot of that? Yeah, I think we have. Look, at every time there's a new musical fad, art form, whether it's Korean pop or hip-hop or what have you, all that's happening is, is the artists are saying, check this cool little code out. Hook into this code and get jiggy with it. <laughs> you know, it's the coolest thing. And kids buy into it. Mm -hmm. But what is it actually about? It's not about anything particularly evolutionary. It's just another fad, another code that's caught on. It's like a cult. Yeah, like a cult, an addiction. But how is it forwarding our humanity? How is it making us more aware on the planet, more wise in our ways of living? So we are getting new things, but something new isn't actually a true novelty. Mm -hmm. Well, that poem I shared was my interpretation of the code that is our national anthem, our O Canada code. And I reinterpreted that. You question aspects and of it. I, yeah, I, I kind of uh, drew that out, looked at what was underneath that code and what it was really referring to, and to give people a perspective. And that's what we're lacking. People who follow Trump have no perspective. People who follow a democratic leader slavishly have no perspective either on the other side of That's the coin. Right. It's equal. equal culpability. Yes. It's all about perspective, balance, humanity, and wisdom, understanding things. And the whole reality is that code has limited all those things because of how constraining it is, how the roots of it swallow us up. We're paralyzed. We don't know what our words mean anymore, who to believe, how to work together. We're truly lost in that sense at this point in our history. And what do we do about it? 
reinstate the positive aspects of people or their ability to think, to change things, and not be stuck in this mode where you feel like you can't do anything. We can. And it doesn't have to be a war. It can be joyous. It doesn't have to be a total preoccupation with everything that's negative. The problem is, and here's the challenge, Peter. Yes, you say that. But the fact is that these codes we're talking about are kind of like roots that have covered the planet. They're underneath everything that people experience on the planet. And those roots are tied around us, so to speak, and have bound us. And that's why there's the sense of we can't do anything about it. We can't change our situation. We can't have other people change through dialogue because those roots, those codes are so constraining that our freedom to move, our freedom to grow and evolve is squelched, it's blocked. So my whole contention in our conversation is we have to go beyond code. We have to get beyond rules and regulations and not that everything needs to be chaos. Understood, yeah. But that we have to break these chains in order to think differently and to free ourselves to act differently. Trump is a religion, Trumpism, by now. Many aspects of society are much more hidden in terms of the code, and that's why to stay awake to that is important. People like that clarity. They really do. They don't want to have to think deep thoughts about issues that are gray. They want to be able to just believe. We're talking religiosity, and people have bought into that religion. So you're a cult. It's a cult. Really, it is a cult, if you think about it. And like any cult, its followers are enslaved to the basic ideas that the cult leader so puts out. Charlie Manson without the murders. Yeah. Sure, you could put it that way. Essentially the same thing. They follow blindly. Yeah. There's no, there's no thought. Mm -hmm. to consequence there's no thought to the bigger picture it's the immediacy it's this is what we need to do because he says so right and there's no perspective on history there's no sense of what a real future looks like it's all in the moment it's neanderthal if you want to think of it that way we talked about neanderthal consciousness that is he's putting forth neanderthal consciousness no code required he's decoding maybe this is why he also appeals to so many people is the simplicity of his approach. Yeah. He's eliminating the code and yeah. creating a simple, easy-to-understand language. He's taking the code out of your node. He's taking the sure. code out of my node. <laughs> and sticking it up somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at ConnectingDotsMedia.com.